Welcome to the X Plus One Podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to Him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and today, let's talk about faith. Faith is very clearly described in Scripture, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, which reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. The word assurance in Greek is translated to hypostasis, which translates to confidence. It also translates to resolution, which is something that is complete. So faith is the confidence and resolution of things hoped for. And what is it that we hope for? Well, we are hoping for eternity with Jesus. It is the resolute belief in the firm foundation that is our hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Now moving further in that verse, it says that faith is also the conviction of things not seen. So faith is a confidence and a conviction. From this, we can understand that our faith is not vague. It is not fantastical. It is not wishful. It is definitive. If you have a conviction, you have a firm belief, an unchanging viewpoint on something, or in this case, someone. So we as believers have a conviction in what is not seen, which is our eternity. We hold a firm, unchanging belief in the existence of Jesus and of heaven, and we hold fast that even though we have not seen it. And relating that to the hope that we have, the hope is that we will see it. We will see and abide with Jesus and dwell with him for eternity. We have faith in that. Now, I get so frustrated over my faith and over the faith of others, and here is why. It's because we have so little faith, so little, the tiniest of tiny, the colossal of compact. Luke 17, verse 6 reads, Jesus says, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Okay, like, first of all, I want faith like that. Who wouldn't want to be able to tell a tree to just uproot itself and go into the sea? And second of all, do we know how small mustard seeds are? They are the smallest plant seed. You're telling me we don't have a faith the size of that? Looking again in Matthew chapter 21, after Jesus caused a fig tree to wither at once, he says, verse 21, truly I say to you, If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. So you're telling me that if we have faith, if we have a confidence and a conviction and our hope in Christ, one that is without doubt, we could move mountains? What? This verse, uh, these verses make me so frustrated, not with God, but with me, with us. We are so stupid. We are so dumb. We lack confidence. We lack faith. You're telling me we could move mountains? We could wither trees? We could make trees move? Say what? Ain't nobody doing that. I'm not doing it. You're not doing it, but we can through Jesus? Say what? we will never understand the power of the God we serve. And if we did, I'm sure we would be living completely different than we are right now. And this is why Paul prays for the church of Ephesus in Ephesians to be able to grasp the love and the power of Christ. Because when they're able to do that, they grow in confidence, they grow in faith. And God is able to do more through them. And he's also praying for this because we just aren't even close. We're not even close to grasping it. We never will be. We're, we're so far off the mark. Verse 22 of Matthew 21, the verse right after Jesus says, through doubtless faith, we can move mountains. He says that whatever you ask for in prayer, 
you will receive if you have faith. So you're telling me again that there are prayers God is willing and able to answer if we just had more confidence and conviction in who he is? The book of James talks about praying for wisdom, and if we pray without doubt, that he will give endlessly, willingly. Why don't we pray with more confidence? Now, I'm not saying if you're more confident in prayer that God will answer all of your prayers. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if you pray more earnestly, he will give you your desires because that is making you the subject. No. God is for God, and he will uplift his own name. If the prayer is prayed with confidence and truly seeks to glorify his name, I believe that is a prayer that can be answered. But man, these verses have absolutely slammed me. I mean, my goodness. God's word can be so beautiful, so encouraging, so uplifting, so life-giving. Man, it can stop my streams of tears. It can cause my frowning face to smile, and it can give me peace for my restless soul. But it can also slap me right upside the face. Just a nice bop. Just a bop right upside the face. And these verses in Luke chapter 17 and Matthew chapter 21 absolutely smack me upside the face. If I truly had unwavering confidence in who Jesus is and what I believe, oh my goodness, what God could do with me. What God could do with you. Imagine what God could do with someone fully committed to his will and not their own. Imagine that. I also don't want anyone to take these, meta, uh, these verses metaphorically. No, it, it is literal. If we had the faith the size of a mustard seed, which again is the smallest seed of all plant seeds, we could literally move mountains. So now we know that faith is a confidence and a conviction in the person and saving work of Jesus. And now we know what our faith could do if it were increased, if it were in full. And so I ask you, how big is your faith? On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in who God is? Now take that number, and I'll ask you again. How would the actions of your life answer that question? Would it be lower than your initial answer? I tell you, it would be for me. <laughs> it is so funny to me because people think I'm a very confident guy. I am not. <laughs> I am not in the slightest. I might speak it verbally, but I need to do it. My actions need to back up what I say. I'm working on it. <laughs> but I ask you, I mean, how, how confident are you in our God? How confident are you? I can tell you for me, I have grown in confidence in who our God is by spending more and more time with him. The more I'm in God's word, the more confident I am in his character. The more I'm learning about him, the more I'm growing in intimacy with him, the more I want him, the more confident I am becoming, the more my faith is increasing. It's so funny because last week, a leader of mine told me, Luke, you know, I haven't known you for too long, but one thing that's very evident is that you're confident in what you think. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not confident in what I think. I'm confident in who God is. I'm confident in God's word. I'm not confident in what I think. In fact, I'm not confident in what I think at all. I'm just confident in who God is. And I want to share that. Now, if you're looking for practicals to take away from this podcast, I want you to remember these four things. Number one, faith is confidence and conviction in who Jesus is. 
Again, how confident are you in who he is? And if you're looking to grow in that faith, grow in spending time with Jesus. Because like it's been for me, the more time you spend with him, the more rooted, the more confident you will become in who he is because you will know him better. You will be closer to him in intimacy. You will be full of more faith. Now, number two, with greater faith, God can do greater things in and through you. With increasing faith comes increasing responsibility. God will use those who are willing and want to be used. He will choose to use those who are fully committed to him and who are fully confident in his character. Number three, be more confident. Be more confident, gosh darn it. Remember who your provider and protector is in seeking and striving to live with a mustard seed faith. God will use you. Tell that person at work about Jesus. Tell the homeless man on the sidewalk or on the side of the road when you pull up to a red light about Jesus. Tell him the good news. Tell the person sitting next to you in class. Tell someone at work when you, when you go get lunch with them. Like, tell people. Why not? Let's not put God in a box and say he can't work here or that this can't happen. Why not? It is God we're talking about here. He can do all things because he created all things. Have faith in that. Have faith in him. Lastly, number four, surrender all. Imagine knowing who would win the Super Bowl right now. Wouldn't you bet your whole life savings on it? If you knew the outcome of that Super Bowl that will take place in, what, four months? Wouldn't you be like, yeah, I'll put my whole life on it because you know. You know who's going to win. You definitively know the outcome. Well, guess what? We know the outcome of our lives. We know where we rest eternally. Be confident in that. I say surrender all because that is what Jesus asks us to do. In Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, he says, If any of you should follow me, let him first deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save their life will lose it, but whoever would lose their life for my sake will save it. Later in that chapter, in verses 57 through 62, Jesus talks about the cost of following him. To the one man, he says effectively, to be prepared to not have a home. The Son of Man has no place to lay his head. To another, he says, let the dead bury the dead. The man's asking to bury his own dad. Jesus is like, nah, you can't bury your own father. He's effectively saying here that our relationship with Jesus should take priority over all others. I feel like this is reinforced with the third guy because he effectively tells the third man, you can't say bye to your family. Jesus must be your everything. He must be your first and your last. He wants all of us. He wants all of you. If we truly were to surrender all to Jesus and to live with a fully committed faith in him, we could truly move mountains. We could truly see person after person after person after person come to receive Christ. That's what I'm living for. That's what I want to see. Come on. Let's have faith in Jesus. Let's, let's do it. Let's go preach his word. Let's see man after man after man, woman after woman after woman come to receive Christ. Come on. Join me. Let's do it. We can't do this alone. We got to do it together. 
Again, let's not put God in a box. Let's go door to door. Let's tell people that we interact with on the street. You can earn the right to be heard in a second. It could be with a smile. It could be with a hello. It could be with a compliment. Seek ways to talk about Jesus. Have faith in who he is. Spread his name. Now, I want to say all those four points again concerning our faith. Number one, faith is confidence and conviction in who Jesus is. Number two, with greater faith, God can do greater things in and through you. Number three, be more confident. In other words, increase your faith. And number four, surrender all. A faith that can move mountains results from a life fully surrendered to Jesus. A faith that God can and will use results from a life fully surrendered to and fully committed to him. I've said it before on a previous podcast, and I'll say it again. Experiences of God that cost nothing, do nothing, and are worth nothing. Striving to live with a mustard seed faith is going to cause you to be in positions of vulnerability where you may look and feel foolish. It's because you're walking on the narrow path. You're walking on the narrow way. There aren't many people on your path. In fact, looking foolish or having opposition is good. It's a good thing. It means that you're on the narrow way. And this is where God does work the best. It's where he works the most. It's because he wants you to know that it is his work and not your own. So when we're striving to live with this mustard seed faith, when we are striving to experience God in greater ways, when there is great significant cost, that is where we can see him the most. Who doesn't want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living? Strive to lead a life that sees God move mountains in your life and the lives of others. Increase your faith. Some of you need to be asked, Is your faith placed in the Lord? Is it really? I mean, if it were, what would your life really look like? I can tell you who I want my life to look like. Look back to Hebrews 11. That whole chapter talks about the hall of faith. It talks of people's lives like Abram and Joseph and David and so many more. Now, they were great men of faith. And it even fails to list some of the names that I feel like have great faith like Daniel or Paul. When we look to scripture to see an image of what our faith should look like, we see great men and great women who have confidence in Christ. We see miracles. In Luke chapter 12, we see demons being cast out. In Judges chapter 6 through 8, we see Gideon winning a war with only 300 men. In Acts chapter 8, we see Philip healing the lame. In Matthew chapter 14, we see Peter walking on water. We even seen people being raised from the dead by Peter and Paul in Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 20. All of those examples were God's work being done, but he chose to use those men because of their faith in him. Let us strive to have that same faith. In striving to have that same faith, in striving to see the goodness of God, in striving to see tremendous experiences of God, in living with confidence and conviction in who he is, which is what faith is, confidence and conviction, and having that, I feel like we would see the work of God so much more evidently in our lives. Oh, how often do we miss it? 
I played baseball in high school. If you go three for 10, you balling. You're failing 70% of the time. If you play basketball players, if you shoot 40% from three, you're a great shooter. You're failing 60% of the time. I feel like I miss out on so many opportunities to tell people about Jesus each and every day. How many opportunities do you feel like you miss out on? Where God's giving you the opportunity to speak into someone's life, to encourage, to point them towards Jesus, and we just miss it. I feel like I'm, I'm probably shooting 10%. <laughs> Maybe one out of every 10 people I'll tell about Jesus. And God's like, man, I want to use you more and more, Luke. How willing and able are you to being used by me? God, I want to be used by you. Pray for God to use you. Increase your faith. Strive to have the faith the size of a mustard seed. I love you guys. God bless. God bless.